This is the Busy People Podcast hosted by Nicole Hope and Victoria Albuquerque. Dropping knowledge on all things health, wellness, and lifestyle because you're never too busy to learn something new. Welcome back to the Busy People Podcast. This is our second episode and we have a really amazing interview today. We are so excited to talk about today's topic, which is alcohol-free living or just being sober curious. And our guest today is Annika Reese. Annika was such an awesome guest to have. Um, I think everyone can take something away from this episode, whether you're currently living alcohol-free or thinking about it. Um, This one was near and dear to me because as you know, Nicole, I'm currently living alcohol free at the moment um and i am not so it fits both of our lifestyles yeah but you're a little curious so that's why this uh, this is a good one um so yeah annika's awesome um she has a podcast called alcohol free vibes so we encourage everyone to check that out and um yeah we hope you love the show yeah i think this interview might change everyone's life so here we go with annika We're here with Annika Reese today, and she is going to be talking to us about alcohol-free living. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Annika, and tell us a little bit about how you got into this position of being a health coach and a specialist in alcohol-free living. So my name's Annika. My business is called Coaching by Annika, and I'm a health and mindset coach specializing in alcohol-free living. And yeah, I've just learned through many many experiments in my own life that alcohol is a huge manifestation block and when we let go of it we we really step into our true manifesting power that is um i mean i cannot wait to hear more about this because i think alcohol probably is a huge block i mean i notice when i do drink alcohol that things are just not um, aligning. But yeah, so how long have you been coaching people who are sober curious and how's it going? Oh, so um, I left my life in Dubai in August of this year to basically move back to the UK and start my coaching business. So previously I was training teachers in the UAE and before that I was a teacher. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of us felt huge energetic shifts happen throughout lockdown. Um, it Obviously, it's been a horrendous period of time. But I think sometimes when we are made to stand still and to stop all of those things that we've been ignoring rise to the surface and we gain quite a lot of clarity and a lot of healing from that. So that experience kind of forced me to make some real shifts um, in my life and to look at what I was doing and and see where I wasn't living authentically. So I have to be grateful for the the big upheaval it gave me. Uh, so yeah, since, since August this year full time, but obviously I kind of started working on things before I left. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the pandemic obviously shed light on a lot of things for a lot of people. And I think it could go one or two ways with alcohol because even in in my experience in the beginning of it, I found myself drinking a lot more. You know, you have more more time and more uncertainty and anxiety and all of that. Um, 
But then after a while, like personally, I was able to reflect and say, well, actually, I want to go in a different direction. Um, so, I, I mean, I want to get straight into it. I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on, I guess, firstly, <clears throat> what alcohol does and, and like how it affects people both mentally and physically, if you can shed some light on that. Yeah, I mean, we are spiritual beings, but we also have two really helpful tools for our human existence and that's our body and our and our mind and they're all really connected so this we can't separate them like if you do something that affects your body it's going to affect your mind and your spirit as well they, they all kind of talk to each other and alcohol is a poison and and it really really messes with our neurotransmitters so it's one of the only drugs that affects nearly all of our neurotransmitters um, and it does give us a an initial hit of dopamine, which is where addictive patterns begin. Um, but it also dopamine is a reward chemical. It also stimulates serotonin and um, endorphins. Um, so as I'm saying this, you're probably listening, thinking, well, this sounds great. Like, give me a drink. But the thing is, is when we synthetically simulate those neurotransmitters, our brain wants to be in homeostasis. It wants to be in balance. So it's going, oh, hang on a minute. Something's not right here. Let me just balance everything out. And it releases um, stress hormones, um, cortisol and adrenaline, and it also releases dynorphin, which is a depressant. So it, those, the release of those neurotransmitters actually brings us down lower than where we started. Um, and as we continue chasing this high by having another drink to get another dopamine hit, even though we're having those momentary buzzes, we are going down, 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 down throughout an evening of drinking. Um, until we reach like a new state of normal. Now, if you're drinking regularly, that new state of normal like stays low. To really bob back up to our natural state of joy, um, it can take between three months and a year for our neurotransmitters to properly balance back out again. So this is how the alcohol trap works, right? Because we start to associate life as being depressing and stressful and the only thing that gives us any relief is a drink when actually it's the drink that's pulled us down there and if we just let ourselves have long enough to recalibrate, we go back to that state of joy that we see babies are in. I was at my nephew's first birthday party yesterday and he's just a prime example of joy. He just is full of joy all the time. He shakes with excitement at very small things. <laughs> That's how we're supposed to feel. Um, so yeah, alcohol affects our neurotransmitters. And of course, those those feelings are affecting our vibrations, our energy field, and therefore what experiences we are drawing towards us, what we're focusing on, everything. So yeah, sorry, that was a very long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it's great. And it's funny because I think that people do know those things, right? But are like socially, culturally, everything really centers around drinking. Most holidays, activities, watching sports, right? So um, the funny thing I've experienced is when, you know, people find out you don't drink or you're not drinking at that occasion, the reaction is like, oh, how do you do that? I could never do that. So I guess, you know, with all of your experience now, why do you think people are so nervous or have such a negative view about giving up alcohol? 
Yeah, well, and there is just so much social brainwashing around alcohol uh, that we have been programmed with. We've been programmed that we need alcohol to socialise, to have fun, to let our hair down, to relax. And all of it is absolute nonsense. Alcohol is a poison and it is an anaesthetic and it inebriates you. So if you need to anaesthetize yourself from your friends, then I really urge you to have a look at your friendship group and think about who needs to go. Um, alcohol does not help you to enjoy their company. Um, but you don't know this until you've kind of experimented. Um, and you, you know, you need to see it to believe it. You need to go on a night out and actually have an amazing time without alcohol to realize it was never the alcohol that was giving you the joy. And the problem, I see with alcohol is that we attach so much shame to alcohol as a society. It's highly addictive, yet we're not allowed to admit that it's addictive. We pretend it isn't. We pretend that we are all able to handle, quote unquote, our alcohol. And if we admit that we can't handle it, then there's something wrong with us. And we should feel very shamed about that. Um, and, you know, we're broken. If if I forced you to smoke 20 cigarettes or shoot up heroin once a week, it would be no surprise that you would become addicted to it. That's just what happens when you take an addictive substance regularly. But for some reason, when we do that with alcohol, it's like because you're weak. Um, and it, it, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense when you start to, to pick it apart. So I really um, want to kind of raise people's awareness to the fact that alcohol is just as addictive as, as nicotine and heroin and if you do drink it regularly then you are somewhere on that addictive um, uh, slide, a landslide spiral, whatever you want to call it and there's nothing wrong with you and this is where um, some 12-step programs would disagree and that's okay I mean like whatever you need to do to get sober and works for you I am like a massive fan of but the way that I look at uh, going alcohol free, you are not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. Alcohol is the problem. Alcohol is addictive and your body and your brain are reacting completely normally to an addictive substance. And as soon as you let go of that, then you're healed as far as I can see. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think different people have different situations. I'm curious to know if you have like a pattern or a number that you you know, coach your clients to really look in the mirror and say, actually, I, I think that, you know, maybe this isn't normal. This isn't good for me. And I should take a step back. Um, I mean, I, I think that anyone that drinks alcohol is on the addictive um, spiral with it. And some people find it helpful to identify as an alcoholic, but I personally don't find that label helpful, partly because it's attached to so much shame. But um, I, I just think let's just get rid of that label and that stigma and just say like and everyone's addicted to alcohol. Like and whether or not that is causing at the moment a problem in your life is actually up to you to decide. And for for everyone, we have different levels of tolerance. And I don't mean tolerance to alcohol. I mean, tolerance with how much we're prepared to put up with. Um, we everyone has a limit where you're like enough this is making me really unhappy and I want to stop doing it but I believe that there's absolutely nothing to miss when you let go of alcohol any benefit that you attach to it is is actually brainwashing it's not true and that's what I help my clients do I help them to pick apart 
what perceived benefits there are to alcohol um, so that you can let it go. Because even if somebody identifies as not having a quote unquote problem with alcohol and, you know, I just drink once in a blue moon, it's not really an issue for me. I would still say your life could be better if you didn't drink. Yeah, I, I saw something you posted recently where you, you know, you, you ask people if they've ever been jealous of the bright eyed and bushy tailed person. And I love that because that's something that I kind of keep to myself when, you know, if I'm tempted to have a couple drinks or like, oh, I'll just have drinks tonight. Thinking like, no, I want to be the person that people are jealous of because I know that feeling of waking up in the morning, regardless of how late you were up or how much work you have, you can tackle the day. And it's really an amazing an amazing feeling. So for me personally, that's kind of what keeps me going is that feeling of, um, yeah, like just feeling good. <laughs> right? actually, that's what drew me to sobriety to start with. Um, when I was in my mid twenties, I was, the universe definitely put this in my path. I was working at a school in London and this was before being sober was cool, by the way. <laughs> there were like three other teachers joined this school in the same year, or in, in yeah, in the same year, and they were all in their mid-twenties like me, and they none of them drank. And they were all really different in their personalities, but they're all super cool. Like, I really, when I say super cool, I just looked up to them. Um, I wanted some of what they had, and I remember noticing, like, oh, I feel a bit jealous, but not in a green-eyed like negative way but I just noticed that feeling of I want that <laughs> and um, one of them was a massive party animal and would stay out till like six in the morning partying and he just opened my eyes up to like you don't have to stop doing anything if you don't want to like you just stop taking the poison yeah and I've even found I, I want to be around more people and be more social um for me personally, because yeah, there's no like fear of drinking too much or feeling bad the next day. So it's like, yeah, I'm up for anything. Let's go. Um, cool. All right. Well, so let's talk about some of the, the benefits that we can share with people. Um, yeah. Who've, who've taken the sober path. Okay. Oh, the benefits we could, this could be a, a very long podcast, so I'll, I won't go <laughs> through every single one. Um, but that, cause there's just so many, um, so number one is feeling joy every day. Now, if you are just starting off your sober journey and you're like, I am not feeling the joy, don't worry. It's because your you, your neurotransmitters are busy recalibrating. Give them a little bit of a chance. You are moving towards joy. Um, you get to really look at stuff that upsets you and properly file it away and deal with it and so it doesn't come back so you heal you improve your life um you get to actually be there for your friends so when you go on a night out and you're talking to your friends instead of being like drugged (laughs) because alcohol is drug um and kind of be it's quite self-absorbed being quite drunk for me anyway um you know, you get to actually genuinely tune into people and listen to them. My favourite part of the night out is driving myself home with my favourite music on and just feeling so free. Like feeling free. I feel like a Swiss army knife in that I just feel like I've got everything I need inside me to do whatever I need to do. And I don't need anything or I don't rely on anyone else. Like it's so nice not to rely on other people. And they're there, they're there because you want them there, not because you need them. Um you just get to manifest i just think life is magical when you don't drink because you you get to manifest like 
things you never thought possible before. I am yet to find a sober person who has not gone on to manifest amazing things into their life after they've given up drinking. It's truly magical. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, you've mentioned manifesting a, a couple times. Can you talk about that a little bit more, maybe for people who aren't sure what that means? And also, like, is there a process for manifesting or do you just think that being alcohol free opens up more possibilities for everybody? Thanks. That's a good question. So uh, I have a friend actually who hates the word manifesting, Anna. So uh, we redefined it. And when I speak to him, I'm like that which we draw towards us. And that's what it is, really. It's We're all manifesting all the time. It's just what we're, we're drawing into our lives. Um, and when we talk about the process of manifesting, it's about consciously manifesting. It's about drawing in what we want and not what we don't want. Um, so the secret made manifesting quite famous when it uh, was released a few years ago and focusing on what you don't want just brings more of what you don't want and focusing on what you do want brings more of that um but there's so many more amazing books and um platforms that have been speaking about this since that kind of shed a lot more light on manifesting but it's really about consciously creating your life and, and getting what you want getting what you want out of life so for the process of manifestation, it's not just about be positive, ignore negative feelings and shove negative emotions under the carpet. It's actually about going on a journey of healing and getting clear on what you want, asking for it and then responding to what shows up for you. And the universe will lovingly give you things that trigger you to help you understand what you need to heal to get what you want. Um, you can't manifest um, the dream partner, the dream house or the dream anything if you don't feel worthy of that. And one of the kind of miseries of the human condition is that we generally feel quite unworthy in lots of areas of our life. And we need to heal that unworthiness to to get what we want. So when we feel triggered and this is, again, how alcohol comes into it, because we are taught when you feel triggered anesthetize it have a drink block that feeling out but actually when we stop anesthetizing we get to go oh hang on a minute the universe is showing me what i need to heal next let me have a look at that and you can journal it and work through it and literally get rid of it or file it away properly and this is how our joy goes up and up and up when we when we stop drinking and then we we get to pull in more and more amazing manifestations into our life so you just mentioned journaling. Um, I am a big fan of journaling, but do you have a process for journaling or do you just, um, you know, with your clients, do you suggest, like what kind of process do you suggest for them to help them through the process of becoming alcohol free or and or manifesting? So with journaling, first of all, we're really, we're using journaling to kind of connect into our inner voice of wisdom so it can be quite helpful to write in the second person when you're doing that so you're like tapping into like that voice of wisdom talking to you and giving you advice so you start channeling but really there's kind of two sides to journaling one is like being in the feeling of gratitude is really really helpful to raise our vibrations and to manifest more of what we want so you can write gratitude lists you can focus on the wonderful things in your life you can focus on what you want to draw in but then on the flip side like yeah spend half your time doing that but then spend the other half of your time asking yourself every single day what triggered me today 
when did I feel drained? When did I feel cross? Um, or sorry, if, I don't know if that's like a very English thing to say, angry. <laughs> when did I feel mad? <laughs> um, you know, and, and not being afraid to look at those. So every emotion is helpful when we let it be. So they, you're, and I would say your, your uncomfortable emotions are, are the actual gold dust for really healing. So journaling, like when did I feel these things? What triggered them? what beliefs are really underlying those feelings so did i feel angry at this colleague at work today because they're just an a-hole <laughs> or was it actually because deep down i i'm scared that he's going to think i'm stupid i think he's saying i can't do it and that i'm not enough and that i'm stupid that's the actual wound that he's triggering in me well actually whose responsibility is it is it his responsibility to not say those things or is it my responsibility to heal my wound it's my responsibility and the, the the journaling really helps you to get to the bottom of these limiting beliefs um these these programs these faulty programs that we have running in our brain and the the crazy thing is is when we start to really heal those things is Number one, we'll notice that we just don't notice or react to people saying those kinds of things to us anymore. And also we actually attract less of it into our life. They, they, people stop saying things like that. It's like you've given um, like an invisible energetic boundary out and people just stop doing it. So obviously journaling is an amazing tool to get to know yourself and figure things out. And also obviously being alcohol free helps be clear headed in that in that journey. Um, but are there other tools that you give your clients to help them start to to break these habits? Besides Absol journaling, absolutely. Obviously. So journaling is like the first, as well as coaching, is is when when you're kind of coming away from your coaching session, like you want to do daily journaling. Um, but then I'm also a massive believer in daily meditation and kind of self hypnosis. So when you've realised what's going on in there, then like really grounding down into your body going into your subconscious and and reprogramming um those those beliefs and we can do this by uh identifying the the, the early childhood memories where these beliefs were laid down and going back in and re-visualizing them and recreating them um so yeah this is just so helpful and i give my clients audio recordings to 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 have guided hypnosis and meditation sessions that I take you through and the other thing I absolutely love doing is when you are drifting off to sleep or when you wake up in the morning and you're kind of having a little lie-in um, you're actually in a hypnotic state then so getting in the habit of when you're having that doze in the morning just lie there and daydream about all the things you want um, it's helping your subconscious to reprogram that's so nice I love that that image of like having that um you know visual it's like amazing um so for people who are nervous to get started on this journey obviously like we're all controlled by a lot of external factors here um and we talked about journaling meditating but is there you know what's like really the first step like what should they do besides i mean probably hiring a coach because having support is probably you know the most important but what else would you suggest so my advice would be just commit to having 30 days alcohol free 
so that you can really give yourself an opportunity to explore what that feels like. Um, and yeah, making yourself accountable is hugely beneficial. So you can sign up to one of my um, 30 day sober challenges. There's also a free 30 day um, sober curious guide on my website if you want to download that and have a look at it. Um, but signing up for something really draws an energetic line in the sand where you've made that commitment to yourself. Um, I know the, the many times that I tried to to try out sobriety when I was younger were failed because I hadn't made a commitment to it. I just wanted to do it. And then that addictive voice of, oh, but I just want a glass of wine always wins. But when you've actually gone and committed to something, especially like by paying for it, like money is an, an exchange of energy. Um, and all of a sudden everything changes. You're like, oh no, I've signed up for this now. It's like when you sign up with a personal trainer, you're gonna stick to your meal plan with much less resistance because you're like, no, but I've paid for it now and I've said I'm doing it. Um, so whether, and it doesn't have to be paid if, if I'm not saying everyone has to just flash the cash, but signing up to some kind of community or something where you're like, right, this is me making a commitment to myself for the next 30 days um, to to do this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely paying for something gives you a little more accountability for sure. Um, so if someone's in this 30 day, let's say challenge, right, and they have a drink, um, how do you address that? Or how do you support them? Um, if they've kind of like gone off the path a bit? Yeah, so I think uh, when people do this, they instantly feel like, oh, I failed, I'm a phony, I'm not enough, I can't do this, I'm not good enough. And actually, it's really important to recognise that this is a completely normal part of a cycle of change. Um, and, you know, I've been through this cycle of change myself. I've stopped drinking and started drinking a few times in my life. And that's what most people do when they stop doing an addictive behaviour. So just... I'm not giving you permission to say, oh, well, I'm going to sign up for 30 day and then I'm not going to do it. But just treat yourself with self-compassion and be like, this is a part of my process. This is a part of my learning experience and apply a growth mindset to it and just reflect, okay, how did that make me feel? Like, do I, do I want to keep doing this? And the ultimate thing that I always say to my clients is, I am not telling you to do anything. This is your life. This is your journey. And you get to do what you want to do. So if you want to have a day where you do that, I'm not going to judge you for that. But I will ask you to reflect on exactly how it made you feel and what you want to do next. And again, I won't tell you what to do. So some people, um, you know, want to try out being a mindful drinker for a while. Or they want to try out, or maybe I'll just drink at the weekends. I mean... I have yet to meet someone who's done that and enjoyed it and not gone back to not drinking. But maybe I'm, I'm not saying I won't. I'm sure there are people out there who have. Um, so yeah, just treat yourself with self-compassion. Every There's no such thing as failure. You're on a journey, you're on a path. Stop being a perfectionist. Stop expecting to, be, to do it all 100% all the time. And it's the same with being triggered our pain and our uncomfortable moments are where the gold dust lives so often we have these big knockbacks from the universe just before we're about to manifest something really big so if you have a knockback uh, and you feel like you stumbled just go oh okay i 
let me listen to what this has got to show me. Like, where where's my learning from this? Where's my growth? And, you know, if we learn and we grow, then we always up level. If we, if we feel overcome with shame, then we just stay stuck. I have a question. So I think that, you know, I'm just thinking like really about myself. I'm going to have to start this 30 day challenge with you. <laughs> but um, do you think people feel like worried to tell their circle that they're going to stop drinking? And how do you help them through that? Or like, what do you suggest people say to like, break that ice because I think it's probably something that's makes people nervous like to say like well I'm no longer drinking so and Victoria you can probably talk to this too a little bit just like how you feel about it because you had to do that at some point so um I would like to hear from both of you if you want to comment on that Victoria do you want to go first with your experience yeah I think once you for me i had a motivation i was looking just to live healthier lose weight um i was getting married so i was you know signed up for a trainer and it all kind of was one for me and i knew that and like annika mentioned i paid a lot of money for a personal trainer so it was like i paid this money i have to show up every morning and if i had drinks the night before it was unlikely that i was going to get up and give my best in the gym so that's what started it for me. So for me, I think it was a little easier, I say in quotes, socially to be like, oh, well, I'm getting married and I'm losing weight. And I'm getting healthy. Now that I'm married and people are expecting me to have a drink at dinner or whatever, and I'm not drinking, they think, oh, you must be pregnant. It's like, well, no, I just enjoy not drinking and I'm driving home and I feel good. So now that I'm a year in, I, I'm so secure with it and, and I feel so good that I really could care less what other people think or say. Um, but I I have to like empathize and, and think that, yeah, I mean, that it must be a struggle for people, especially, you know, in a lot of circles, like, like we we're talking about. I mean, that's just such a common pastime or activity that people are doing. So um, I would have to say it's just you're doing this for you and it really doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah, I would say um, you will get to the point where you don't care and you'll be so grounded in your sobriety that again, it's energy. Like people feel your energetic boundaries. People will just be, people can sense that you're really grounded in it and that they don't push that boundary. But at the beginning, you don't feel like that. Um, and what I would say to anyone and what I do say to people when they first start off is just see with compassion people's reaction to you not drinking. Because people who do not feel guilty about their drinking will not care that you're not drinking. But people who do feel guilty about their drinking are going to get really triggered by it because you're holding a mirror up to their behavior and making them feel like, oh, now you're not enabling me anymore. Now I'm feeling worried maybe that you think I should stop drinking and I don't want to and they're going to spiral. And you will get the odd person that like can't leave you alone about the fact that you're not drinking and just view it with compassion and be like, oh, I didn't realize that they were so worried about their drinking. Like I'm triggering them. And just just think I'm triggering them like I feel sorry like for them and I'll try not to put it in their face too much. But it's not your problem that they're triggered. It's their responsibility. Um, the other thing I would say is uh, you just need to plan. So before when you stop drinking, plan your lines 
like that you're going to say on a night out like what are your reasons so you you might pl- visualize the different kinds of people you're going to be speaking to i i think i like making jokes um and kind of brushing things off so i might be like i can make an idiot out of myself all on my own <laughs> and say like silly things like that and make people laugh um or then you know different type of person i'm i i'll say things like and this is genuinely true like i just feel amazing when i don't drink so i i just love it i mean no one can argue with the fact that you're saying you feel amazing um yeah just just i would just recommend sitting down and writing out some ideas of things you can say and you can kind of traffic like your answers so there are some people that you might want to get like that you might be really close to and you might want to give them a bit more insight and say actually you know I've been feeling really really depressed about my drinking and it's really been upsetting me and I've actually got a sober coach now and I don't want to drink anymore so there are people in your life who who you're close to if you said that to would be like oh my god like I had no idea like of course I won't mention it again but then there's other people that you'll want to use the 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 jokey line to and you don't want to tell them any more than that so just be prepared and visualize yourself telling them because you can kind of get a gut feeling about how these things are going to go down the other thing I would really recommend is um, planning what you're going to drink before a night out so if you're going to a party bring some nice alcohol-free options with you or if you're going to a bar look online at their menu look at the alcohol-free options and make sure you've already planned it in your head so that you don't panic when you get there but also just allow yourself give yourself a little bit of compassion allow that the first few times you do this you're going to feel a bit on edge and just treat it as an experiment and I promise you going out and socializing when it's a good night anyway you will feel so much more euphoric because alcohol is an anesthetic. It anesthetizes feelings of joy as well as bad feelings. Um, So you will have a wonderful time when it's a good night. When it's not a good night, you know about it. And you'll probably be like, I'm just going to go home now because this is horrible. But you you get to leave when it's not a good night. Um, So yeah, just plan, apply self-compassion and just be curious, really. You mentioned um, like planning out your drink. So when I was pregnant, I was in Savannah, Georgia, and these bartenders were making me the most amazing drinks. Like I was, I you wouldn't, you would never need alcohol. Like if you were someone who's drinking, it, they were delicious. Mm-hmm. But um, I haven't found that here. Bartenders are like, "What do you want? A seltzer with a splash of crayon? Like that's all we can get do Aww. for you." Um, but do you have some favorite non-alcoholic drinks? Or like, I know that there's. I mean, it's obviously becoming more mainstream, and there's a lot of companies who are making non-alcoholic beverages, like you know, in a can, in a bottle. But do you, are there any that you uh, like are go-to's for you? Yeah, so I'm so lucky in the UK now, there's just so many alcohol-free options. Um, At the moment, I'm obsessed with Lefe alcohol-free beer. I personally think alcohol-free beer is the one alcohol-free drink that tastes exactly like the real thing. Um, So yeah, Erding is also delicious, um, alcohol-free beer, and that's isotonic as well. So apparently marathon runners drink it to rehydrate themselves after a run. I really like um, iceberg alcohol-free red wine, especially like when you want to make, like when you're cooking bolognese or something and you want to feel like a foodie and put the wine in. Um, Ooh, and that, then, I haven't heard or, of that. What is that one? No. Iceberg um, alcohol-free red wine. Oh, okay. 
And then there's, yeah, naughty alcohol-free Prosecco. I mean, I love all the alcohol-free drinks. I just think they're amazing. And the, the, one of the things I love about alcohol-free drinks is, so when we are in a uh, social situation, you know, I know that we don't need alcohol. But if you've got a tiny, tiny little bit of belief inside you that you're missing out, it's going to hold you back from having a nice time. And having an alcohol-free drink in your hand is like a placebo effect. It's like appeasing your subconscious mind. It's getting rid of any feelings of FOMO. And you really just relax into and enjoy the evening. Like I I went to a, a dinner party just before I left Dubai. And the guy whose dinner party it was actually supplies alcohol-free drinks to the Middle East now. And he had this alcohol-free gin. And one of the other guests was having a month off drinking and um, we were drinking and we kept drinking, filling up these alcohol-free gin and tonics. And about halfway through the evening, he just suddenly went, I can't believe like I'm having such a nice time and I'm not even drunk. And it was because we felt like we, we kept getting the drinks in and we had that feeling like, oh, we're all getting on it. But there was just no alcohol in the glasses. And because he'd, he said he'd been out the night before and drunk coke all night and had a horrible time. But he'd like filled in the the feeling of missing out and then I was like now I now do you believe me that it was never the alcohol that was giving you those feelings it was it was your friends and he was like yes I get it now so yeah alcohol free drinks is so good for that yeah this is something that my my husband and I actually differ on because when we go out he loves a non-alcoholic beer um and so many places you know don't offer them or only have one option so we are seeing more and more here, but um, I think it's still a space that they have a lot of work to do to um, you know, make it a, a, an option for people. Um, but for me personally, I'm like, I, I'm not drinking, so why am I gonna pretend to drink? So you know, obviously there's some work that I probably need to do to figure out why that is, but um, yeah, for me it's I'll have a seltzer, I'll have a water, or I don't need to, constantly have a drink in my hand I, I wouldn't say you have work to do I think it's completely personal preference I mean if anything like the fact that you don't even need a placebo means you've probably got less work to do like you don't you've let go of it completely like whereas me and your husband still like to pretend we've got a beer in our hand I mean I've completely let go of alcohol but you could argue that if anyone's got work to do it's it's me <laughs> Well, one thing that I love, you talk about having these lines um, prepared. I think that's such great advice because so often you might be at a party where you don't know people or you're meeting people. So I, it might not be necessary to get into your life story and what's going on inside you um, to talk about why you're not drinking. So having those lines, um, I think is great advice for people just to be prepared and, and feel confident going into the night that, yeah, you're not going to be stuck. So. I love that. Um, well, Annika, we're so appreciative and grateful that you could join us today. And I think our listeners are gonna take some great steps away to, to help them start this path. Um, I guess before you leave, um, is there anything you can leave our listeners with that will motivate them to think about an alcohol-free lifestyle? Yeah, uh, well, first of all, I'd love it if you followed me on my Instagram at Coaching by Annika, and Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A. -N -N -E um, I also have my own podcast, the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, 
um, which I in, comes out every Monday and is aimed to kind of keep you inspired. And you can also download my free guide from my website, which is coachingbyannika.co.uk. That's my 30-day sober curious guide. Um, so I would just leave you with the... I want you to give yourself permission just to be curious. It's your journey. I'm not telling you that there's a right or wrong way to do it because your inner guidance system knows exactly what it needs to do to take you where you need to go. But you do need to be curious um, and to open yourself up to exploring and experimenting with just how much better your life can be if you let go of alcohol. I love it. And something we like to ask all of our guests, is there a, um, a mantra that helps keep you motivated every day? Ooh, yeah, I actually wrote it out this morning, which is I draw my energy from myself and through myself. So whenever I'm feeling like anxious or ungrounded or oh, I need to speak to this person because they're going to make me feel better or whatever. It's just no, no, no. Like I I have everything within me that I need to heal. Um, and I find that really comforting. That's a good one. Well, thank you so, I always love so hearing much. the mantras. They're like very yeah. inspiring. <laughs> they are, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, no, this was great, honestly. And I'm probably just going to do some coaching with you to get myself on a, this 30-day challenge. But, I would um, love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you told people how they could reach you, but is there anywhere else that we didn't cover? Like, I've, I think you you might have said all of it. But... Uh, no, no, I think that was everything. Podcast, okay. Instagram, and website, yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. We This was a great conversation. Oh, thank you so much. And I hopefully speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Busy People Podcast. You can find highlights from today's episode in the show notes. Please support us by sharing this episode, leaving a rating or review, and subscribing to the show. And to catch all the latest from us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Busy People Podcast. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation because you're never too busy to learn something new.